0: Welcome back to It's All Her, the podcast. I'm your host, Geordie Lucas. I'm the founder and editor of itsallher.com. I'm a presenter, an actress in a former life, and a mum to a toddler. I've got a lot going on, and I have a passion for making life simpler and better for women. This week on the site, Madeline Carafa from the Healthy Hustlers spends five minutes with us, and we share five pricey beauty products that are actually worth your money. Now, I also shared on our Instagram and my personal feed some headlines that I saw on news.com.au that I found really disappointing. I obviously researched a lot of news and I was doing uh, some research over the weekend and landed on their entertainment news page, which had their top stories on celebrities for that day. And every single one of those five stories was centered around... What a woman was wearing. Now I'm going to read them out to you. So, number one Dua Lipa stuns in tiny bikini, Kylie Jenner shares tiny bikini snap, Beyonce's revealing new photo shoot, Blake Lively's raunchy red carpet look, and Star turns head in raunchy naked dress. Now, I studied journalism, and one of the first things we're taught is to be balanced. So obviously, I was expecting to then see a bunch of articles commenting on what men were wearing. And surprise, surprise, there were none. What was even more disappointing was that these articles were written by female journalists. Now, this kind of commentary around what a woman is wearing is damaging, it's reductive, and it contributes to sexism that everyday women face on a daily basis – It's 2021 and news outlets should know that this is not okay. It is not news. The only time someone should comment on what you're wearing is to tell you you look incredible. And one of our key values at It's All Her is to genuinely support women. And if you're like me and you're really sick of seeing this kind of lazy journalism, I encourage you to call it out. I posted about it on my personal feed and it's all hers Instagram. So you could go and like and share that post or even create one of your own tagging these outlets and letting them know that this is not okay and it's not acceptable. If they don't get the clicks on these articles, then maybe they will shift their focus and focus on something that is actually news. Now, I'm going to continue to do my part to improve the media landscape for women. And I really hope that you can get on board too. Right, now that my little rant is over, let's get to this week's guest. Laura Wells is a scientist, a model, and is currently a contestant on this year's season of Survivor. Last week, we sat down and spoke about how she feels about being called a plus-size model, how we can be more sustainable in our day-to-day lives, and of course, her experience on Survivor. Here's my chat with Laura Wells. Laura, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. You are currently a contestant on Survivor. I want to hear all about that. How have you been? I know you're in lockdown now.
1: Yeah, I've been um, surprisingly great. I'm now in lockdown for a few days, but I have been assimilating back into the real natural world that is not Survivor and (laughs) um, having a good time just... Seeing friends and family
0: again and getting back into, um, yeah, real life. I want to hear all about Survivor, obviously, and what you're up to now. But let's take it back to your formative years. What were your hopes and dreams and aspirations as a young woman?
1: Yeah, I think for me, I grew up in a great household. I was one of, I, well, I am one of four children and I grew up in the Sutherland Shire in New South Wales. So I was surrounded by a beach and bush and I played a lot of sports and spent a lot of time outside. And yeah. for me, I guess I was great at science and I really loved biology and I knew that I wanted to be a scientist. So mm-hmm. for me, it was all about a good balance of a happy, healthy life, but also doing something that I'm passionate about and that can actually make a difference. And for me, that really meant going and being a scientist and studying biology and getting into the real natural world around me to be able to connect a little bit further.
0: So you studied biology at university. What sort of career did you want that to lead into for yourself? Yeah, I studied a
1: Bachelor of Marine Biology and one of law, and originally I thought, hey, scientists don't really make that much money, so I'll be a lawyer and I'll actually work to protect our oceans. I'll work in law of the sea and I can conserve our natural world from there, but I soon realised when I finished my law degree that that wasn't really for me and that I needed to be outdoors and hands-on, and so science-focused it was. So I think going into those degrees, I knew that I wanted to be connected to our natural spaces a lot more and to do that is not only to be outside, but I wanted to learn more about how I was interacting with them, how they're interacting with me, um, how I affect the world around me. And that's exactly what I got through my biology degree Mm. and I, I got a growing appreciation of the beautiful natural world around us, especially the underwater world. I think for me, it was definitely learning something that I already had a connection to fostering that love and that passion and turning that into a job really Mm.
0: and you share a lot of your knowledge and uh you know you do a lot of conservation work through Instagram and social media you've got a huge online social presence and you also model as well so how did that come into (laughs) the mix I know. Uh the
1: modeling side of things was never ever planned. Uh, It was definitely something I fell into. I was at university and my younger sister, who's five years younger than me, had worked as a model since she was 13. She was one of Australia's youngest models. Yeah, one of Australia's youngest models in Australian Fashion Week. And, you know, she went overseas um during high school to model in Japan and Milan. And I was at university and I had spent some time in Canada and I flew to New York to meet my mum and my sister in New York while she was seeing agencies. And I kept getting asked if I was a plus-size model. And <laughs> for me, you know, this is back, I know, it was. it was kind of crazy because this was back in the early 2000s. I was 20. I had just spent five months in Canada eating and drinking my little heart out. Um, So I had put on probably about 12 kilos anyway, but I had only ever been exposed to the modeling industry through my sister who was tall, you know, a size eight, yeah. And I had always been a size 14 since I was 14 years old. So I had never been exposed to an industry where I had seen my body shape, seen someone my size in mm. the media. I just, it was really so few and far between back in the early 2000s. And so for me, I said to my mum, Mum, they're calling me fat. Like I yeah. just, I just want to be a scientist. I don't care about muddling. And I got approached a few times in New York and then on return back to Australia again was asked and I ended up joining with an agency and I thought oh you know I'll give it a go if it doesn't work it doesn't work it doesn't really matter Mm. and I ended up getting a few modeling jobs within the first few weeks of joining the agency and it kind of just went from there yeah it was a very whirlwind career at the start Yeah, I used to turn down a lot of jobs and um, castings because I was going to university and, you know, I wanted to finish my degrees and I couldn't take time off from that. So I said no to a lot of modelling jobs. And then within my last year of university, I got some great, uh, great shoots with some amazing Australian photographers and my career kind of just went from there. And then I took a year off after I graduated instead of taking a job for the government in Canberra as a scientist. And then I ended up moving to New York and (laughs) the kind of rest is history. I had planned to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I planned to model for one year full time and Mm -hmm. it's now, um, been almost 14.
0: Yeah. And how do you feel (laughs) in terms of representation? Do you feel like a lot of the, the, the curve models that I speak to don't like being called plus size anymore? It's a curve model. And often they still do feel like there is still a way to go in terms of full representation in the fashion landscape what do you think about that absolutely
1: yeah um, I can see why people don't want to be called a plus size model but Mm. for me I've never had a problem with the term and I think I started modeling back in 2006 um, and I think it was just a commonplace terminology then it helped to delineate models of different sizes. Um, and so I never took offense to it or anything because that was just what I, the category that I fit into. Mm. Uh, however, I do see how there can be negative connotations on the word because when people look at me and I'm a size 12 to 14 and they think, well, if she's category, like categorized as plus size, then what am I? And I think it causes a lot of confusion for people in the general public, whereas it's more of an industry-specific terminology. So I totally get why people would prefer to be called curve models. Mm. Um, but since 2006 when I started, uh, that I have seen an exponential change within the, the industry itself. Yeah. There is just so much more call for diversity in not only body shape and size, but age and ethnicity as well, which is absolutely fantastic. Mm. Um, And, you know, people are feeling more represented. They um, are really seeing themselves in these people that are being to them I think it's fantastic, but there is a long way to go. Still need more diversity. We need to see these bodies represented more and more so Mm. that people can feel healthy about themselves.
0: Yeah. And, of course, now you're representing in the the mainstream media on, on Survivor. So how did that opportunity present itself?
1: Yeah, I, um, you know, I've watched Survivor before and have uh, got on the show, which is amazing. And it's a very, uh, very difficult show to get onto Survivor. Yeah. But for me, my life has always been about putting myself in situations where I can challenge myself physically and mentally and Survivor definitely does that and it also does it strategically and socially as well. Mm. So for me it was kind of like a a natural progression on all of the things that I've been doing in uh, recent years and I absolutely wanted to go on the show mainly because I knew that I could use it as a great platform to reach more people about um, the work I do in the environment. Yeah. So growing that choir of people that are preaching and learning and knowing about the environment. And that's what it's all about. We don't want to keep talking to the same people all the time. We want more people to come and join us so that we can create a better future together.
0: Yeah. So what would you say was the biggest challenge of being on the show? You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You yeah. feel me? Loading them up on it, it only takes structure, and, and you know just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah, nah, I man. So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little? You mean yeah, yeah. We all we all artists over here, man. i all already. Yeah, yeah. Oh trying, yeah, I'm trying, I'm oh, yeah. trying, I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey,
1: no, look, 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 We all
0: artists, man. We go. You feel me? We gonna have this like. Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play we play with this <laughs> shit right with now. I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for a real. Oh, I ain't gonna lie. Don't play with, don't it, play with it. Nah. it, take that shit serious.
1: Oh, the biggest challenge. Um I would probably say the strategy game, to be honest. Okay, it's really hard to get yourself in the mindset of having to be manipulative and deceiving mm. and that doesn't really come naturally to me and I really wanted to be myself in the game and portray who I am and, you know, make relationships and friendships and be social. So to be able to step out of what I normally am and into a role like that is actually really challenging. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a lot of super fans on that show uh, competing. So they have been watching for years, and they know the game inside yeah. and out. And they know exactly what they need to do to get there. So when you're competing against people that um, are happy to go down that road, maybe have it a little bit inside them, and have just been an absolute fan of the show for years, then mm. yeah,
0: it's it's a tough one. It's a real tough. Are you watching the show? What's it like watching it back?
1: Yeah. yeah, of course, I'm watching the show. It's, um, it's actually really fantastic to watch it back, uh, to find out all the little things that happened that you were completely unaware, unaware of. Yeah. Because so many things happen behind, yeah, so many things happen behind your back or happen within the other tribe that you just have, are not privy to at all. Mm. So to find out what happened um, on TV and see how it's all edited down is, yeah, it's really
0: interesting. Yeah, and of course you've just recently merged. I know you can't give too much away, but is there a, is there some um, some juicy storylines that we should watch out for, or, or who is even your tip to to take out the um, the title?
1: Oh, look, my tip to take out the title will be me, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, this, I feel, this season of Australian Survivor has been really great. There's always twists and turns. You can it's never really static so yeah you know you think you're going into a tribal council or to a challenge and you know what's going to happen and then it just completely gets flipped on its head and you are uh, just you have no idea what just went on and you kind of walk out and go wow all right well that didn't go as planned again but let's do another day
0: yeah <laughs> so Back in normal life now um, after Survivor and you've partnered with Nourished Life who are all about sort of sustainable green, beauty and health products, you're a judge in their sustainability awards. So what sort of products from their range are you a massive fan of and why are they so fantastic in terms of, you know, shopping greener and, and green beauty? Yeah,
1: I I par- partnered with Nourish Life because of the fact that they have this amazing online platform mm. that they do all the hard work for you. You don't have to think about anything that's on their website because they have gone through everything with a fine-tooth comb to make sure that the things that they sell are safe, healthy, easy to use, reducing plastic, good yeah. for people and good for the planet, which is so good because I spend so much time online researching the products that I use and making sure Mm. that that they're good for me. They um, are good for the planet. Like how can I dispose of the packaging properly? So to know that there's a, a company out there that completely embodies my values and ethos and just does all the hard work for you is really good. Yeah. And so I've partnered with the, with Nourish Life for a while now and it was great to be a judge on their wellness awards because it brings um, not only my choices of what I find to be great products, but it's really interesting learning all the customers and what they think a great product because it puts yeah. you onto new ones that you haven't tried before or that maybe you're a bit hesitant to try. Uh, so I would say that some of my favorite things, I mean, Nourish Life are great because they touch on all different parts of your life. So it's not mm. just skincare or it's not just hair care there's great things to use in your home or you know even just washing so for me um the one of my absolute favorite products is walida skin food face moisturizer it is the best moisturizer (laughs) ever (laughs) i um um, a makeup artist used it on me years ago and I have not stopped using it since then and it was the first thing that I lathered my face in when I got out of Survivor
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm sure uh, you needed it no,
1: oh my I was so dry um it was actually quite gross being in the outback and not having any moisturizer at all so I was totally smothered in Relief skin Food. so it was awesome but um yeah, I, I mean, some of my picks for the Wellness Awards this year included like bakashi bins, which mm-hmm. are um, a really great way to compost if you don't have the room to compost. A lot of people live in units or in apartments or don't have a backyard, so um, it's really hard for them to have a traditional composting bin, but a bakashi mm-hmm. composting system is amazing. You can compost on your countertop in your kitchen and then all yeah. you have to do is find a garden someone else's to bury the product in. So it's awesome. Um, And then what else did I have? I had some really great vegan products that I tried and that I absolutely loved, which was great. And it's so nice to see so many brands that are going down the vegan um, cruelty-free area now too. And then other companies that are just completely embodying Everything, including plastic-free packaging or reusable packaging, compostable Mm. packaging, which I think is absolutely fantastic because it's something that a lot of people never think about is the end of life of their product. Where does it end up? How does it affect the environment? We often think about when we purchase something, you know, how healthy it is for you, but what about the end of life and the disposal? Mm. So, yeah, there's so
0: many good things on there. How do you navigate being in the fashion industry and obviously – you know, there's fast fashion, um, the beauty products that maybe makeup artists in the beauty industry use aren't eco-friendly and maybe don't marry up with your values. How do you navigate working in that industry when you have such strong, um, you know, values yourself? It can be really difficult sometimes. And
1: the fact that now I've worked in this industry for such a long time, I'm Mm. able to pick and choose who I want to work for. Um, back in the day you know especially as a a starting a model that's just started their career you kind of you take any job because you need the experience or the money and everything and now I'm just I'm I feel very proud and fortunate to be able to say no I don't I don't want to work for that company or um, you know they don't embed my ethos into their company so I, I don't have to work for them. Yep. And I now get approached by brands that are doing great things for the environment and for people's health. So mm. it's, um, it's made my job a lot easier because these people are coming to me because of my stand and they want to work for me too. So it's been a tricky road to navigate. Uh, it involves a lot of research into the yep. company itself and to make sure that there's no greenwashing going on um, and having lots of big chats with the company and asking them the hard-hitting questions you know i'm the one that's interviewing them at the end of the day to make sure they're the ones that are doing the right things for me to work with them rather than the other way around so it's um it's time consuming but it's worth it because i only want to work with companies that are really thinking about our future
0: Mm. So as you said before, you know, people are living in apartments, where are often driving to work and doing these things where it can maybe sometimes make it harder to make these sustainable decisions. What are some small ways that we can be greener in our lives?
1: There are so many ways which we can change our habits and our even our thoughts to Mm. be greener every single day. And I think one of the things to do is to start small and to not overwhelm or overburden yourself with trying to make these grand changes that potentially you're not going to accomplish that Mm. will stop you and make you stagnant and not change anything at all. So just the little things like, you know, limiting your use of single-use plastic. So switch Mm -hmm. out your bags for reusable bags, get a keep cup, you know, take your coffee cup to the coffee shop and use that because the coffee cups, the disposable coffee cups, a lot of them say they can be composted, but they actually can't unless it's an industrial composter and people don't realise that. So, And they're lined with plastic. And yeah, they're lined with plastic as well. And that plastic actually leaches into your coffee because it's a hot, fatty, Um, milky substance, which will allow the chemicals to leach into it faster. So now you're drinking the plastic that's inside Mm. of your cup as well. And there's all of these things that a lot of people don't realize, but they're really great changes, not only for the planet, but for yourself too. So start small and then work up a little bit bigger. And, you know, if you have a, if you have a passion, if there's an area of the environment that you are really connected to, then kind of make your changes dedicated to that space because you're more likely to continue them and make them a proper habit that you will um, have long term yeah. and be able to teach other people around you as well. So for me... Um, I started off trying to be as plastic-free as possible because Mm -hmm. I have done so much work with the ocean and I know the issues of plastics in our ocean. And now I look a lot bigger. I look to climate change and climate science. So I'm making my decisions based off that. And one of the best things that I've done is to um, not only think about everything like product that I buy and and how it impacts our um, environment and what its footprint is, but to change over my superannuation and banking into um, companies that are totally ethical and don't invest in fossil fuels or tobacco or yeah, arms. Right. So yeah. it makes a it makes a huge difference because Australia has so much money in super. There's about three trillion dollars in Australian super, and a lot of that is being funneled into fossil fuels. So we can make a huge difference, difference. by knowing where our investments are, because a lot of us have no idea.
0: Yeah. Especially us younger uh, people who, you know, retirement feels so far away and you just don't even really think about your super or things like that.
1: No, I mean, exactly. And you choose like one of the little boxes that says I'll do this investment and then you don't know what it's actually invested in. Yeah. And it's in there for maybe 40 40 plus years and it's just ticking away and it's actually, you know, it might be funding something actually actively trying to stop. So yeah, wow. um, it's really worthwhile having a look at your bank
0: and super. Yeah. I'm going to go away and look at that this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At It's All Her, we're all about sort of making life simpler and better for women. How do you make your life simpler and better for yourself?
1: Yeah, I, um, I try not to beat myself up too much if I break a habit or make mm-hmm. a mistake because I know that um, being in that negative space or that negative eco-minded space doesn't yeah. really help you achieve anything much. Um, yeah. So for me to make my life simpler and easier, I you know stick to my plastic-free habits. I always have my reusables with me, which makes mm-hmm. it a lot easier to just make those easy choices when I'm out. Yeah. But it's really about connecting with nature and being outside so for me I like to understand the places I'm in and really you know kind of get down and dirty with them really so whether Mm. that just be going for a walk or sitting in the grass and just watching the space around me or reading a book outside just getting that that natural space and connecting with it in ways that we often don't stop and we don't allow ourselves to is honestly a way that I just make my life so much more simpler because once I've connected to my space then I know a lot more about it I feel a lot more for it and it Mm. means that all of my decisions that I will go on and make during the day will actually help help that space and I can feel you know subconsciously a lot better for doing what I do yeah
0: well laura thank you so much for joining us this week and i will be um tuning in to see who takes out the uh, the tribal council um <laughs> this week and um yeah good luck for the rest of the season we'll be watching yeah thank you thank you see you later thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of it's all her if you have loved this episode please rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and i'll be back in your ears next week